from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome to the show. I'm Jake Scorheim, your host. Happy Monday to you guys. You guys had a great weekend, I hope. Matt, you have a great weekend? I had a decent weekend. Let's De- leave it at that. Decent weekend. All right. Well, my weekend could not have been busier. So between your decent weekend and my insane weekend where I was just running errands, for other people, I'd say it's pretty good. It's a pretty good weekend. I like to be upbeat about things, so pretty good weekend. And you guys all know how much I love Mondays. Behold, a fiendish masterpiece from the bowels of hell. Yeah. Mondays, boy, I hate Mondays. They make me he's so steamed. Weekends, I go for the weekends. Oh, 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 oh. Son of a all right, so we're going to get to a lot of stuff. We have so much stuff on the show tonight. We do not even have time to do it. We have three hours of the show every night, but I swear this this show could go six hours. It won't, but we just don't have enough time to get to it. But I have to start off and tell you, earlier today, so I just want to give you like a little slice of my life, get this off my chest. Earlier today, my wife and I were coming back from our uh, baby doctor appointment. Uh, we were just getting the 20-week ultrasound, which is a really exciting one. Parents remember that one because you can like see everything, make sure everything's lined up and working right. And uh, everything looks good, so thumbs up. Thanks for the prayers. And uh, so we're coming back from that, and on the way home, and we didn't have my kids, which is always like a little, I mean, turns any outing. If you don't have your kids with you, it turns any outing into a date. So my wife and I are like very happy to be doing that. And so she see, and I think maybe she was trying to like prolong the inevitable, which is children. And so, which I've, which I currently have three, and I'm about to have four. So we see this sign uh, as we get back into my neighborhood. And it is a yard sale sign, which are not super common this time of year. So it's kind of like finding an Easter egg. She got really excited about it. And she loves yard sales because she's very thrifty and she likes to find treasures, she says, at these things. I'm not convinced that you're always going to find a treasure, but she always thinks you can find something. But the signs have been up for like a week. So the first sign that we saw a week ago for this yard sale said like everything's under $10. And then the next, and but that was still just like, eh, I don't know, $10 seems like a lot. So the next sign said everything under $8. Still, my wife didn't pull the trigger. Then it got down to a dollar, which was two days ago. It said everything's a dollar and under, which is a, a dollar's very cheap. And still my wife was like, nah, we'll wait. I'm going to wait it out. So today on our way back, it's Monday. Nobody's going to show up to a garage sale on Monday. And so their enticement to get people and take their junk is to say it was free. So everything is free. So my wife's like, bingo, that's when we're going to go. So we go to this garage sale. I didn't want to go, but she told me to go. And that's what you do when you're married. You do things you're told. So we go to this garage sale and we show up. And indeed, everything had been picked through, but there's still a lot of stuff. There's boxes of puzzles and there's old ornaments and things like that. Like things you would never want at your house or somebody else's stuff at your house. And I see the lady there and she's kind of like, I don't know, she looks a little disheveled and she looks like it's been a long weekend. And so my wife, she goes and starts digging around. She's very comfortable doing this. She's like, she's always got a, a keen eye for things. And she kind of, she's, she's good at it. She finds treasure sometimes. I will give her that credit. Uh, so I, but my inclination is to, because I don't want any of this stuff. My inclination is to go over and talk to the lady and like, kind of like befriend her. Right. Like it's a friendly thing to yeah, do. Exactly. Don't you think Matt? Yeah. Neighborly. Na- absolutely. Neighborly. And this lady lives like four streets from me. So I'm like, Oh, okay. She's a neighbor. That probably won't be a neighbor for long. I imagine if she's like doing a yard sale that lasts a week and she's giving it all away, then she, then she's moving somewhere. And so I start chatting with her and I start talking. And my wife is 
vaguely annoyed by this habit of mine. Anywhere I go, I just if I see somebody, I will just start talking with them. That's just that's how I deal with being uncomfortable in public is I just make a friend. And I think it's actually a really good way to do things. So I start talking to this lady, and this lady doesn't want to talk to me. She just wants to get rid of this stuff, it appears, and she's like moving all this stuff around and kind of like she's like kind of going through it and making sure that I, I don't know what she's doing, making sure things are front and center. She didn't recognize you from your popular radio show? Well, I don't know if she's a listener. I don't know. If she did, she was like playing it very close to the vest. And so I, you know, and I'm, I'm trying, I got my sunglasses, so I'm trying not to be noticed, you know, I've got my hat on, all that stuff. It was big Incognito star. mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time, big time. So I'm chatting with this lady. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, oh, this is, and I'm just like, I'm just trying to kill time because my wife is hunting and I'm just like, oh, look at this Santa. And it's like a box, of, like a Santa, you know, for obviously a Christmas decoration that she's trying to get rid of. And I, I pick it up. I'm like, oh, this looks nice. And she kind of, you know, yeah, it does look nice. And, but, but it's not for me. And I don't, I don't need a free Santa. And then I just like, I'm looking at junk. Like there's a pile of CDs. Like, what am I going to do with 10 Celine Dion CDs? Nothing. I don't need those, even though they were free. And so I'm like asking her the, I'm just shooting the breeze with this lady, asking her questions and she's answering, but she's not super into it either. And so finally, at some point, like five, six minutes into this conversation, that I'm having back and forth. And again, my wife is like happy to not be involved in this at all. She's just treasure hunting. I asked the lady, I'm like, so this looks like a pretty big sale, huh? And, the, and this lady goes, yeah, yeah, it looks like it. And and I say, uh, um, did uh, were you successful? Did you get rid of everything you wanted to get rid of? And she goes, oh, this isn't my sale. I'm like, what? And it was just a lady out front who was just, and I should have noticed this, I didn't notice this, but she was, ta- as we were talking, she was picking things up and she was like shoving it in the back of her PT cruiser at the bottom of the hill. And I didn't think anything of that for some reason. There was nobody outside. This house was just open. There was a garage open and this lady was just taking stuff. So this lady's as crazy as my wife, just <laughs> taking free stuff. And I'm sitting there for like five minutes talking with her. And so at that point I just went, all right, sweetie, I'm going back to the car. And so I just went back to the car and I... Got emails together, and I got ready for the show, and that's just a little slice of what I do with my mornings. I would love to know what how you guys fill your daytime, because that's how I feel. I work at night. I don't know if you work at night, but if you work at night, you do weird stuff during the day. And for Strange me right now- coincidence. I work at night, too. What did you do today, Matt? Did you go to a garage sale? No, I did not. Well, then you missed out. You missed out big time. All right. Uh, let That's enough. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with the show. Trivia time. Every night around this time, we play a trivia movie clip. I'm not going to tell you what it's from. I want your guesses on the text line, Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line, 888-973-5476. Give me your best guess. I will probably try to get back to you on the text line. If I can, if I can't, Matt will. And if Matt can't, because it does get very busy around here, then you're just going to have to wait for the top of the news roundup. And then you can get the answer at the top of the news roundup. That is the start of the 8 p.m. hour. Here's the clip. Good luck. You read the Bible, Greg? Yes! Well, there's this passage I got memorized. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord 
when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Yes, I love it. It's a great movie, great line, great actors. All of it's great. One of my all-time favorite movies. Yes, here's a little hint. The budget for that movie is $8 million, and it made $200 million. Very successful. All right, let's get into it, Matt. All right, this one... This one got my blood boiling. I was literally sitting there reading this going like, how in the heck could they do this? I know you guys have heard about this on other shows, but you didn't hear about it like you're going to hear about it from me. The toll lanes. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Washington State Transportation Commission was discussing raising the toll. They weren't discussing it. They told us, we're going to raise the toll. We're going to discuss how much we're going to raise it. And a couple of the options on the table were $12 for the toll lane or $15. I think 20 was was 20 on the table. It was 18. 12, 15, and 18, I think, was the three options. So the max tolls on 405 and 167 are going up to $15 a trip in the lane. Oh, my God. We finally really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! Damn you! Damn you all to hell! I want to know what the conversation in the Transportation Committee meeting, Transportation Commission meeting was like. Because the average person can't afford $15 a trip. That's ridiculous. So on I-405, the uh, original toll, the, the max toll was $10. On 167, the max toll was 9 And they just said, hey, you know what would be easier? Why don't we just like round it up to 15 for both? And now that is. Now it's 15 they say that the goal, according to Chris Sullivan, he's got a great article on MyNorthwest.com. You can read all about this there if you really want to get your blood boiling, or you can just listen to me and I can tell you all about it. Uh, on MyNorthwest.com, Chris Sullivan said that the reason for this, the reason we have tolls, apparently, according to the Washington State Transportation Commission, they're designed to price people out of the lanes. They actually don't want you in the lane, according to the Washington State Transportation Commission. I don't believe that, of course. Um, but they say the higher the price, the more the state hopes people opt to sit in the bumper-to-bumper traffic. They want to keep you in the main lines. They want to keep you in traffic. They say that the goal of the toll lane is a 45-mile-an-hour trip anytime you're in there, 90%, well, 90% of the time. There's going to be high traffic times where it's backed up, but they say 45 miles per hour is what they're shooting for. The average speed, 90% of the time that that lane is in use And again, that's not on weekends, and it's not late night after a certain time. But during traffic hours, 90% of the time, they want that lane flowing at just below freeway cruising speeds. And of course, that's ridiculous. That's not what this is about. I don't think so. You're going to raise it up to $15 an hour. or $15 an hour. I wish it was $15 an hour. It's not. It's $15 every time you get in it. Is it really about keeping people out of the lane? I don't think it is. Sex! Now that I have your attention... You don't have our attention. Money! I'm listening. Yes, money. I think it's about money. That's what I think it's about. Two things. It's about money, and they also want to get you out of your car. This is something I learned long ago when I learned a lot about the toll lanes, when they were being put in to our roads, when they took an existing lane that you could already just ride in if you had high-occupancy vehicles, and they just said, hey, you know what we should do? Why don't we just like start charging people for something they're currently getting for free? And everyone was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's do it. So they did. And now you have to pay a ton of money to ride in those lanes. And now when you drive in those lanes, you know what I see? I see a bunch of sweet cars. It's like an auto show through there. It's Teslas. It's Porsche Cayennes and Taycans and sweet SUVs. And then the rest of us are just sitting there in bumper-to-bumper traffic. Or, and I'm not saying to do this, 
lot of people text in, though, that they just ignore it, and they just go in the lanes anyway, and they just flippy-flop, flippy-flop. Every time they drive under one of those transponders, they just put it into HOV. I'm not recommending that, but I know that a lot of people do that because they've texted in and they've told me, you know what, I already pay for those roads. I think they're the same people who probably text in and say, you know what, I already pay for the HOV lanes, so I'm just going to ride in them even though there's only one of me. I don't care. The risk of getting caught is that you get a ticket, but the risk versus reward is that you save a ton of time on not being stuck in traffic. So is $15 toll lanes a good idea? Do you guys like that? 888-973-5476. You can let me know. I can tell you right now, I'm not a fan. I don't think it's great. Matt, what do you think of $15 an hour lanes? $15 toll lanes, not hour. I don't know. I mean, I think this is part of the problem you run into when you're in a metro area and you refuse to become less reliant on automotive traffic. So this is what you're going to get. And if these people in these, you know, high-end cars are paying the tolls, well, let them pay it. So you're happy to be stuck in traffic. I don't I don't get upset about it. I well, you don't ahead. drive, though. But when I do... You take, I do, you take metro. Sometimes. And when I have driven... I allocate enough time to get where I need to go and check the traffic patterns and know what time of day I'm leaving. I have to take your opinion with a grain of salt, to be fair, because you are a partial driver. You don't drive all the time. If you're a parent and you're driving in traffic every day because you have to get into work every day. Yeah, I I take your point. If you have to leave work to go get your kid... You're not going to be able to just like jump on a bus real fast because your kid threw up at school. You can't right, get there very quick. but I'm just saying quick. in general, I don't have a problem with people who have these higher-end vehicles paying more on the tolls because you have to pay to upkeep the things anyway. Somebody's going to pay for it. I'm surprised at your response because I would think that you would be on the side of the little guy, the guy who doesn't have money to pay for that lane. Why should we have a rich lane driving down the road when the rest of us could be in less traffic because that lane would be available to all. Because Wouldn't that be better? If, because even if I agree with that in principle, I'm reaching the stage of my life where I believe that this sort of thing is so inevitable and dystopian that I've stopped having the ability to get mad about it. Okay, so you just don't care. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, that's fair. That's fair. But, again, Matt, not a driver all the time. If he was in his car like I am all the time, he might have a stronger opinion about this. All right, let's move on. This story was unexpected. I did not expect that we'd be covering this on the show. Three girls in pajamas are breaking into cars in Bellevue. Uh, Apparently, they hit 18 cars in one night over in Bellevue. This is uh, according to Cairo 7 News. They say that three girls were caught on camera in the Lake Hills community breaking into cars. Don't do this, girls. It's a bad idea. Uh, somebody named, this is silly. This Cairo 7 talked to somebody who who's had two cars broken into that night. Her name is Nana Mouse. That's what she refers to herself as. It's a nickname. I'm, a sh- I'm, I'm hoping. Hoping it's not a furry situation. Uh, both of us were thinking the same thing, says Nana Mouse. I was like, oh my God, one more thing I don't want to deal with, said this homeowner who goes by the nickname Nana Mouse. They says, it's one thing that we don't need piled on, and I'm sure our neighbors don't need it too. Uh, yes. It's a bad deal when people are breaking into your car. Don't do it. Uh, Police locally did say if you want to protect your cars from having this happen and from this pajama party who's just wandering around breaking into cars, keep your valuables out of your car, park in a well-lit area, and have motion sensor lights. And that's going to keep a lot of people away. So those are some good things that you can do. It's just good advice. I was actually at a, uh, a, it wasn't a concert, it was a comedy show on uh, Saturday night. Went to see Nate Bargatze. You know who Nate Bargatze is? Uh, Matt? Oh, yeah, he's great. Yeah. He was fantastic. He was at the Everett Arena, and 
sold out place. There was like 10,000 people there. It was it was just it was a really great show. But on the way out, I felt so bad because I was walking, you know, you're walking back in just this like crush of people trying to get back to their cars. And I passed this lady. She and a friend were laughing all about the show and just like, oh, it was so funny, retelling the jokes like people do outside of these comedy shows. And she gets to her car, which is parked in a lot. And the lot was $40 for parking. And But it was parked in kind of a darkish area, a darkish corner of the lot. And her, I, I heard her yell because somebody had broken into her car. They just smashed her window out. And whatever was in there that was enticing to the crooks, they grabbed. And this poor lady comes out of a show. She's got the time of her life, having a good time. Then she gets back to her car and is just busted open, which is no fun. So I hope these car prowlers get caught. To me, they seem like pretty easy to catch because they're in Bellevue and they're wearing pajamas and everybody can see their picture because it's on all these door cameras that everybody has now. So if you want to check that out, that's on Cairo 7 News. We also have a post on that on MyNorthwest.com. You can check it out there. We got a lot of great stuff coming up next, including a conversation with a coworker. I need to get to the bottom of something. I need his help doing it. Matt, what do we got going? All right, on tonight's edition of Cairo Nights, crazed protesters who we've talked about before have attacked one of the most famous paintings in history. Also, find out how Cairo's Chris Sullivan sparked a fight between Jake and his wife. Also, Lisa Brooks will join us for the news roundup at 8.06. That's all tonight on Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest on with me right now. I don't get a chance to talk with this guy often because he works basically almost like he works in New Zealand or something compared to my schedule. He's on early, early mornings. You know him as the traffic guru for Cairo Radio. Chris Sullivan joins us now. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, it's a pleasure uh, to call you in from New Zealand. Well, yeah, it's, it's you know nice. what I mean, though. But like you're <laughs> yeah. you're you're on in a, in a totally different day part. I mean, like you're oh, on completely. You're, you're on twelve hours before I'm on. And yeah, pretty much. So yeah. so it's a it's a fun opportunity to have. I mean, you're not usually up this late, so I really appreciate you staying up this no, late. No, it's well, that's good. I'm happy to do it. All right, and and you're you're your conduit. You're happy to. Yeah, do I it. am. <laughs> I'm glad you're uh, ragging on me for that one, too. I mean, it's not like I got enough of that from Jack Snyder. Here's the reason I wanted to have you on and the reason I wanted to talk, because I had to to hash this out with you, because there has been an argument in my house that I've been having with my wife for years, and it all goes back to you. And you're not probably going to know anything about this, but what what this really (laughs) illustrates, I think, and for anybody listening right now, what this illustrates is the power of somebody who says that they know what they're talking about. And I don't know if you actually know what you're talking about in this case. And I'm going to bring it back up to you. You can explain to me where you got your information and then why my wife thinks that this is true. And then maybe I can give up on this fight that I'm constantly having with my wife. So, so you're going to expose me as the fraud that I am. No, 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 no. I like it. No, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> why doesn't Chris come on Jake's show more? I can't figure it out. All right. So my wife has this thing that she does. And I, I do not know where she got, I mean, I don't know when this started, but it was, it was at least a couple of years ago. So when, and, and this is just like one of those stupid things that people fight about when they're married. And it's not like even a real fight. So like my, we have a great relationship. My wife and I, we married like, you know, Jamie, you've known Jamie for 20 years. I've known her probably before you did. I think you did actually, <laughs> but I've been married to Jamie now for 13 years and I've known her for however many, 16 years or whatever it was. So uh, she trusts you, Chris, and she sees you as a voice of, you know, of seniority, somebody that she can look up to and say, hey, Chris knows what he's talking about. So in our house, 
Sometimes I do, then just probably just like in your house too. Sometimes I will do the dishes or sometimes my wife will do the dishes. Really, who's ever at the sink when it needs to be done, you just do it. Especially when you have young kids, you just like, all right, like you don't want to leave those for the next person because that's not nice and you want to try to hash that out as quick as you can. And just keep it as clean as you can because kids are just constantly making the mess. I don't need to explain this to our listeners. I don't need to explain it to you. You understand this. And so... I do dishes one way, which is that when I see dishes in the sink, I turn on the hot water, I run them all under the hot water, and then I take a sponge and I wipe them off. In this case, the uh, scrub daddy from Costco. I take the scrub daddy sponge and I will scrub all of the stuff, all the refuse, all the food, the dried on uh, egg yolk, or I might, you know, like say we're eating tacos and there's taco stuff or cheese or whatever it is, you know, like you understand stuff on plates. I will then wipe that off and I will get the plate looking reasonably clean and then I will stick it into the dishwasher. I will then do a load of dishes and when they come out, the dishwasher's clean, the dishes are clean, they're sparkling. That's my best case scenario. That's how I do dishes. My wife, however, she just takes whatever's in the sink and puts it in the dishwasher. And I say, what are you doing? Because every time she does the dishes, I know she's done the dishes because I always have to do a second load where I go in and I re-scrub everything and I clean it off. And I said, sweetie, this is not how it's done. And she says, no, 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 this is how it's done. Trust me, Chris told me. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, Chris Sullivan, he did a story about this a couple of years ago. You're supposed to leave a little bit of food on the plates so that the soap has something to grab onto and clean. And I said, well, that's insanity. That doesn't make any sense to me. And she says, nope, that's how it's done. So for probably a couple of years, much longer than normal people would argue about something like this and much longer that somebody would like let it go without getting to the bottom of it. But I'm a kind of, you know, I procrastinate in that way. And so I have just let this go. And my wife continues to do dishes this way and it drives me nuts. And she continues to be annoyed that every time she does it this way, I remind her that that's not done this way. And she goes, ah, Chris Sullivan said to do it. And so I said, all right, you know what? Luckily, I work with Chris Sullivan. I can ask Chris Sullivan where he learned this craziness and explain to me why I'm supposed to leave stuff on my dishes. Well, first of all, let me say that I am really more of a soaker. Uh, <laughs> as Holly will tell you, she'll be like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then she usually ends up doing the dishes and yells at me for a couple of days. Which so in is this fine. scenario, me and Holly are the same. And you yeah, and my pretty- wife are the same. <laughs> kind of the, yeah i'm like it's soaking letting the magic do its thing yeah um but then i mean yeah the so lazy man's that, dishes yes go but ahead that's that that's a personal uh, uh problem on my part um but yeah but I, do you I, recall you know, this is, do you recall as, this yes. this advice that you gave you did a as study you were on this discussing or something. this i some of this is coming back to me like i remember writing a story about this and how you should let the ref- the dishwasher actually do its job because for a couple of reasons one you're using double the amount of water if you're interested in saving water sure because you're washing the dishes basically twice okay right you're doing it by hand so you're saving so you're um and two the dishwashers are designed to clean off foodstuffs they're, it's designed that way. Now, I'm at a disadvantage now because I can't quite remember exactly what the rationale was for that or why I ended up doing the story. Or I, I think this was back before was... you were the main traffic guy. And you oh, yeah, like it was back doing... 
Yeah, when you I were was still doing, doing general reporting. assignment reporting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to remember what might have been the nexus for this, but I'm sure we could go back. It would have been at MyNorthwest.com. Now, granted, we changed servers about 10 years ago, and we've wiped like a lot of our I'm history. Sure, I'm sure it's, it's before. Gone. Yeah, they probably wipe a lot of these horrible <laughs> stories and give bad advice off of the webpage. <laughs> Like this one, certainly they I should. I gotta have. look this up now, because but I remember it being so. I was talking to a person who uh, repairs dishwashers, I believe. As a, again, this is you got me to disadvantage over a barrel here. But if you're if Jamie believes me, I'm gonna go to the mat for on this one and say that I'm right. There's based, just no, no, no. They're Chris. based entirely on the fact that I remember doing something like this, but I can't exactly remember why. But you do, but you do remember talking to somebody who said you're supposed to leave food stuff on the dishes. Not necessarily supposed to, is that it's okay to because you don't have to worry about scrubbing, 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 and then putting in a, basically a clean dish because the dishwasher is designed to do that. I'm not saying you don't clean off like the giant I mean, chunks of lasagna that it, are kind of stuck no, on there. No, but she doesn't. But, she ran. My wife oh. ran with it. And in her defense, she's not wrong because whenever she puts a dirty dish in there, it does get spotlessly clean because I clean it. I have to go in and do a whole second load of dishes. You really have you? You've pulled them out and done the scratch. You know, like the pull test on it, where you're like, you make sure it's clean. One hundred percent. Really? Yes. So in other words, yeah. now you're running three loads of dishes for. Well, no, but so she w- no, but Chris, this is the this is the craziness and this is the insanity and this is what we need to get to the bottom of and this is why I wanted I, and you know mostly I obviously I don't have like a lot of arguments with my wife. And this is a big one for us, which is a good, I think, a good sign for our marriage. So this is one of our big arguments. But she will take a dinner, like a lasagna or something, and she will get that, or a couscous. It's covered in couscous. And she goes, you know what? I could give that a five-second rinse. And that's a reasonably clean plate that then has a really easy time in the dishwasher and gets tonight nice and clean. That's a guarantee clean. But what she does is she just picks it up. She just goes, poop, dishwasher, done. And now I'm sitting here like, well, no, that now there's like, the food trap, which I understand, there's a food trap. Uh, uh, dishwashers are designed to collect a bunch of this stuff, but it's not made as a garbage disposal. There's a garbage disposal for a reason because you get a lot of stuff on your plate that you're not supposed to put into the dishwasher, or it's supposed to go in the garbage beforehand. Right, and I think it also has something to say uh, to do with hard versus soft water. We have a harder water, more mineral in it than, say, the East Coast does. And so our harder water also, I think, if I remember correctly, played a part in this story in that that helps us clean more Not than in you my might house. think you can. No, it no doesn't, you, pr- you, you yeah, pretty much she, have hard water here in, in your house. Uh, you, you don't have a special house that has different types of water. Well, I uh, have a special wife who... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, get, I'll grant you that. Um, but no, I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, it's, I mean, I wash them, my dishes a little bit too, just to get the bigger chunks off. But you I scrub the stuff there. off, right? You scrub no, it off. Not, I, don't, I wouldn't say scrub. I'm like, okay, I clean off the thing, throw it in the disposal, and then put a dish that's got foodstuffs on it. In my, it doesn't have to be clean to do it. The dish, then why have a dishwasher? The dishwasher this automatically does that job. This is very upsetting. <laughs> why I was, did you buy a dishwasher? I was hoping that when I got you on here that I would then win the argument. This is She's going to double down on this now. You realize she's not even going to scrape stuff off into the garbage can now after dinner. She's just going to go, you know what? This is going straight in the dishwasher. Well, she's going to feel so empowered by this conversation, Chris. This was a huge mistake. Or you can do what Holly and I have done. Uh, marriage slightly more than 13, so I've got a few years on you. Okay, give me some since wisdom, you're already, Since you're already going to Costco to buy, what was the name of the scrubber you put on there? Scrub Daddy. Scrub Daddy. You know what they also sell there? Paper plates. Bingo. 
No, you. <laughs> and we, t- yeah. you know, they're great in the microwave. Yeah. They're great to put food on. Yeah. And, and then you don't have to do dishes. Now, just toss a bunch in. of garbage. Yeah, but who cares but... about garbage? I got plenty of garbage space. <laughs> and I don't have to do the dishes. You know what? That is like the ultimate hack. Like if you got friends over, somebody, you know, like you got company for the weekend, we just do paper plates. Like if my yeah. in-laws come and stay with us for the weekend, I just lock everything up. Paper plates. I, I think the only time Holly and I eat off of regular actual china or dinnerware is, let's see here, Easter, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas. Are you paper baby plates New Year's all the Eve. time? Oh, you better believe it. We're, oh we're like the China family. I Are love it. Me? Yeah, because it's, I mean, again, now it's only just the two of us, so our meal prep, we, we make smaller meals with Tommy out of the house, so we're, you know, but I know we're throwing away, creating a bunch more garbage, oh, whatever. but at the same you don't time, have to apologize we're saving about that water. kind of thing on my show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're saving water. There's your justification right there. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Chris Sullivan, you have made my day. Thank you so much. You, well, you, I made Jamie's you've day, You made I Jamie's think. day, yeah, but you have inspired me to be eating off paper plates a lot more, which, I, which you just forget about, but it's such a genius hack. It's a genius hack, and, and, and I they come it. in huge packages. I know. I know. Yeah. No, it's a great idea. All right. Well, that's Chris Sullivan. You can hear that kind of, uh, you can hear that genius every morning on Seattle's Morning News and occasionally on my show here at night. Chris, thanks for hanging out, man. Anytime, Jake. All right. Chris is a great guy. Whenever he comes on the show, it's a blast. I love having Chris on. Uh, Next, you're not going to want to miss this. Donald Trump. Sounds like he just picked up a uh, pretty good endorsement from a pretty famous musician and I think you're going to be surprised who it's from. We're going to talk about that next, coming back here on Cowboy Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. All right, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Donald Trump just picked up kind of a, a plum... I don't know if this is actually technically an endorsement or if he was just talking about him in a positive way. But Snoop Dogg actually just gave an interview in which he was talking about how much he loves Donald Trump. Snoop! Snoop Snoop! So he was talking to the Sunday Times of London, and the rapper said that he has respect for the man. He says, he's only done great things for me. He ain't done nothing wrong to me. He has done only thing good, th- great things for me. He pardoned Michael Harris. Michael Harris is a friend of Snoop Dogg's. He's actually the co-founder of uh, Snoop Dogg's first label, Death Row Records. And he was in prison for drug trafficking and attempted murder. But Trump pardoned Harris back in 2021. So Snoop Dogg probably is thankful for that because he got his friend out of prison. And, uh, you know, maybe or maybe he looked at the economy when Trump was president. He said, you know what? I made some good money in my investments, and maybe that's one of the reasons he likes him. Or maybe he smoked a lot of weed that day. <laughs> well, he does smoke a lot of weed. Actually, speaking of weed, do you guys remember this album, The Chronic? This is Snoop Dogg. He's singing on The Chronic. This is Dr. Dre's album, but Snoop Dogg starts the song, uh, Nothing But a G-Thang. This is what I was... Li- I just want you guys to imagine this when you're listening to this music. And I, I don't know where you were in life when this song came out. But when I was in life, I was in high school. And I was driving my um, 1989 Maroon uh, Jeep Cherokee limited edition. Pretty nice. Which means that three of my four windows w- worked electronically. And I could roll them down. One of them, the back right window, didn't work. So we just put a piece of tape over that one so nobody would roll it down. Because it wouldn't go back up without a lot of pushing. Uh, It also had gold rims. Not because I put them on. That was factory. And a ton of oxidized paint. And I don't know if that was factory. I don't think that was their plan. 
and I would just blast this album, The Chronic. This is the safe version, so I'm not going to play all the bad words. I had the not safe version, and I would blast it as loud as I possibly could, which wasn't actually that loud because my speakers were all blown, but great song. Huge fan. I also like to think that probably like when Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg were making this album, I was their target audience. They were probably thinking of like the uh, the young guy in high school who's driving around in his uh, old Jeep Cherokee, just blasting the music in little old Washington. I'm sure that's who they were thinking You're of. You're top of their mind. Yes, I'm, I'm absolutely the person that this album was designed for. <laughs> All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Ready Stick around. Drink, so back mm-hmm. Right back here on Cowboy Nights. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G-Bang, baby. Too low depth, but we're crazy. Death Row is the label that's...